All right, welcome back to the Expert Edge. Today, we're talking all things Instagram and I have got a amazing episode for you. I took a ton of notes and I know for me, I love Instagram. We've spent a lot of time and investment in Instagram over the last kind of two years or so and it's really seeing an amazing return. But here's one of the challenges is is if you're struggling to get it to grow, you're struggling with your engagement, then there are some really practical things that you will learn from today's episode. We're interviewing Elise Dharma and she's an Instagram marketing strategist and expert. And I love what she says here in her bio. She says, I help not so Insta famous people how to make actual real revenue directly from this glorious app. And what you'll love in this this, uh, podcast interview is there are so many practical strategies that she talks about for really starting to get engagement and grow your Instagram. And then how to actually use Instagram to start converting people into real customers and you can do it literally on the app. And so I think if you are fascinated in Instagram or you're on Instagram and you spend a lot of time on Instagram, which I know I do, it's definitely one of those natural things that I go to. This is going to be a fantastic listen for you. As always, if you find it helpful, please subscribe and leave us a review. Let's get into it. You are listening to the Expert Edge podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. So Elise Dharma, welcome to the Expert Edge. Thanks, Colin. I'm super excited to be here. Oh, fantastic. Now, we are in the midst of a social media boot camp and talking all things social media growth and how social media has a huge impact and is obviously fundamental to growing an information or coaching-based business. And so, what I'd love to hear from you is, first of all, like, how did you get into Instagram? Because that's like the big thing that I'd love to talk about today. How did you get into Instagram and, and why Instagram for you as being a focus at the moment? Great question. I honestly fell into it. So lucky. I feel like there was a horseshoe somewhere in my past because you know, I, I started off on the Instagram platform in 2012, somewhere around there. I didn't have a personal brand. I was working as a social media marketer and I remember opening up my account and it was November. And so I went ahead and posted a lovely photo of me with a mustache. And that was my first post. Um, And I just didn't think anything of it because I had a day job and who really took Instagram seriously at that time. But fast forward to a year later, I'm still working in my day job. And one of the entrepreneurs that I worked near because I was um, I was working in a tech incubator at the time. It's the best way to describe yeah. it. One entrepreneur said, hey, Elise, you're a social media person. I'm looking to hire a marketing rock star. Do you know of anyone? And prior to this conversation, I had read the four-hour work week, really deciding like, how do I build my own business on the side? I want to be in Bali. Don't want just two weeks vacation, all that great stuff. So when he asked me that question, that was my light bulb moment of saying, I could be a marketing rock star, you know, I'll put my name in the hat. And so really quickly, like a week later, we had a contract signed and he was my first client and it was earning me an extra thousand dollars a month, which as a new-ish nine to five employee, that was a big chunk of change. So he had an online clothing shop. 
a brand that really targeted teens. So of course we focused on Instagram and I really focused quite a bit on influencer marketing at the time where I would send products to teen influencers and hope that they would actually post a picture of them wearing the product, Mm -hmm. but it really worked. And in six months we hit a hundred thousand followers and this was in in six months. Yeah. I mean, I I should say that this was 2013 to 2014. So it was a very different landscape Mm -hmm. back then. And influencer marketing really worked. And we also didn't have a lot of the tools within Instagram that we have today. So it was the wild, wild west. And we hit that really quickly and word started to spread. You know, people started to see me as someone who could run their Instagram account, especially in the e-commerce world. So by mid-2014, I had enough clients that to take on one more, I'd have to quit my job. And that was my fork in the road decision. So after a couple of weeks of deciding, I I did put in my notice and went off on my own full time, which was equal parts exciting and scary. Very, very um, hard initially to adjust to working from my dining table. I was not prepared. I didn't have a home office. I wasn't prepared to work by myself all day. I missed my coworkers. So it took a while, but I, I developed an agency And we focused on growing Instagram accounts for e-commerce brands, hence me falling into it. Because if that friend had never asked me that first question, I don't know what I would be doing today. So that's what had me busy for a couple of years. I ran my agency. I worked remotely. I was living my best life, working from Bali and all these great places. And then in 2016, I thought, hmm, I've kind of made the same amount of money every year even though it's more than my day job, I kind of want to make more. Like I want to hit six figures. So I decided to grow my personal account on Instagram. I decided to brush it off and post all my travel photos and share those stories and put my own expertise to the test. So within a summer, I grew to 30,000 followers. By the end of the year, I had 50,000 followers. And that was pretty cool. So then... I had this personal brand, this Elise Dharma brand, and 50,000 followers of people who did not want my agency's services. They didn't care for my services. They wanted to know how I was traveling so much and how I was growing. So that was really the birth of a second brand, the Elise Dharma brand, which is my main focus today. And today the brand has evolved because I have digital courses and products. And today I really focus on helping business owners sell more of their offers, whether it's services, coaching, or products all through Instagram. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, very good. Very good. So you started out on the agency side and then you were like, hey, I want to scale this up and you built your personal brand and then you've obviously got your online products and so forth to, which is your main business now. Exactly. It wasn't until I created a digital course that I was able to stop trading all my time for money. And then that was the first year that we hit six figures. So good. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a big advocate for digital courses. It's definitely mm-hmm. a scalable option. Uh, one thing when I went on your website uh, this morning, actually, I was looking at it. And one thing I just love is in part of the copy, you were like, we basically help you write captions that sell. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is like right down my alley because we <laughs> teach people to sell from stage. And, you know, I just love this. And so I want to know, what is your mindset when you come to Instagram? Like, you know, you're, you get, you're preparing to do your Instagram plan or something like that. What is your mindset around your posts and your captions that might be different to the, you know, the, the regular person on Instagram or the regular coach 
that are kind of trying to use Instagram? Like what is your mindset coming into that? With captions, especially on Instagram, I think we forget to use it as a place to tell stories. And that's generally how I approach it. And from what I know of you, you're a big advocate of storytelling as well. I'm sure is effective from the stage. So that's how I approach it. Most of my captions are long. Most of my captions reach the limit of how many characters you can have in in a caption. And that's because I infuse the caption with stories about myself, stories about my students. I like to take people on a journey, you know, or if it's not a story, it's just full on tips, full on value, how to's, that sort of thing. A caption is always an opportunity for me to infuse my personality, my unique voice into my teaching. And I think that's what ultimately makes me stand out because let's be real, There are 101 Instagram marketers out there growing by the day. There's probably other people in the industry who you will think of first before my name. And that's totally fine. There's plenty of room in this industry. I know that we all approach Instagram marketing and Instagram education in a unique way. We all have our own unique experience and we teach in our own unique way. So the captions are like the money spot. It's the goldmine for me to really show why I'm unique and different. And those who resonate with my words, they know that they're going to like my paid products. Those who don't resonate with my words, they'll find someone else. And that's perfectly fine. So that's my approach with captions. Okay. So super tactical question. Mm -hmm. What platform do you use to write your captions on and even post them? Like, do you recommend like typing them out in Google Docs and then transferring them into another platform to post? Like, how do you actually write them? Yeah, sometimes, especially in the shower, the idea hits, right? Totally, always. (laughs) Shower gods. Yeah, so sometimes I run out of the shower and it's just a matter of opening up the notepad app on my desktop because I much prefer to type than text with my hands. I just run and start typing. And it's like Elizabeth Gilbert says, you know, it's like this, this, this stream of creativity shoots through you and you have to catch it before it leaves Mm. because... I know how my brain works and I could lose that thought very quickly. So I'm a big fan of writing it down wherever you can in the moment. If I'm out for a walk, I will just send myself a voice note. I'll record it. I'll do voice to text, whatever I need to capture in the moment. And then I will polish it and then move it over into a scheduling platform. So I like to use Later. Later is an Instagram partner, meaning, you know, there's a lot of talk about, oh, if I use a third party app, Instagram will me in the algorithm. No, Instagram partners are totally fine. You're not going to be penalized for using a partner program that allows you to schedule your caption. So I've worked with later, we've done several workshops together, so I'm a little biased and they're a Canadian company as well. Um, so that's the, the tool of choice, but I know there's other partners like Planoly is a popular one as well. So when the inspiration hits, write it down and then move it into my scheduling tool. When the inspiration doesn't hit, you know, it's still a matter of blocking time out my calendar, twiddling my thumbs for a bit and just sitting there and thinking, what are the messages that I'm feeling my audience needs to hear today? That's what I approach it from. And if I don't come up with anything from that angle, I'll think, well, what are some experiences that I'm going through right now that I want to let my audience know about? So just by asking myself those questions, it's kind of a whirlwind of ideas from that point. And then I'm a writer by nature. So I just start writing and it comes out. Oh, that's, I love that. I love that. So I'm, I'm curious about like when, let's say someone's, you know, let's say they're at 500 followers or, you know, a thousand followers or something like that. And they're like, 
oh, is Instagram really worth my time? Because obviously like it takes time and thinking to make this work. And by the way, you know, this is where I was at probably maybe a year and a half ago. And my wife's going to kill me for saying this, but we just went over 10,000 followers, right? So I've got the swipe up now. And that's a, you know, that's a big deal. Facebook sent, sent their people around to me. They gave me a hug. They sent me, they sent me lunches every other day Uh because I hit (laughs) 10,000. You know, know, for all of us over 10,000, that's what happens for everyone, right? Exactly. So, (laughs) so, but, but, uh, you know, we, we scaled up like fairly quickly and, but I know for me, when I was, kind of starting out, I really didn't have a clue how to make Instagram work and whether it was worth my time and so forth. And so I, what encouragement would you say to someone if they're kind of, they're still struggling to get some momentum? Like what are some things that are going to help them to get out of like that rut of mm-hmm. not growing? Well, the good news is, Colin, that majority of my students who have earned five figures plus from Instagram, meaning $10,000 or more of their revenue directly from an Instagram related sale, majority of those people who are featured as case studies on my website, they all did that with less than a thousand followers. Wow. Yeah. And so when people come to me, I don't want them to see my profile as like, oh, you have over a hundred thousand followers. Easy for you to say. I don't even talk about myself anymore because it's not about me. I want my students who have less than a thousand followers who are selling their coaching packages like left, right, and center. They're the ones who need to be featured. So if you're interested in getting their stories, just head to my website and you'll be able to read those case studies where they actually walk you through how they grew but not only that, how they close those sales. And there's several coaches in there as well. So mm. for Can you people, share a story of one of those? Like yeah. even now, like one that comes to mind? The first person who comes to mind is a rock star. Her name is Becky Keen. And she is, I don't know, a soul business coach. She really helps you tap into, I think she works with women specifically, but really tap into what feels good to you from a soul level and then selling from there. So she really takes the ickiness out of selling for her audience. And she's someone who, you know, we put together an Instagram strategy guide. This was back a couple of years ago when I first launched that service and started sending me Voxer messages like, oh my gosh, I just got invited to a podcast that I never thought even knew I existed. And the next one was $5,000 closed from someone who was a cold lead in my Instagram DMs. And it's just escalated from there. It's been about probably a year and a half to two years. I believe she's up to $59,000 in revenue, tracked revenue from people who found her on Instagram. She had a conversation with, this is the key. It's all about relationship marketing on Instagram, but she's really great at cultivating those relationships, getting those conversations into the DMs, following up with people, making them feel seen, making them feel like she cares about them. And that's how she's selling anywhere between like a $500 course upwards of a $10,000 coaching package. So she is someone to definitely check out and emulate. So talk to me more about relationship marketing on Instagram then. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking at your profile right now, Colin, and I'm looking so at your- Makes me excited. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at it. Yeah. I love it. Well, you said 10K, so I had to check it out. And you have, uh, such, a, <laughs> you have such a good 
text-based kind of flow going on, which is really popular on Instagram right now, where you have a lot of quote cards, you know, they're the type of things that people will save or share to their stories, which is really important for visibility, right? If your follower sees your quote card, shares it to their story, I mean, that's giving you exposure in front of their audience. And so as I look at your profile, I see you doing that really well. I see you creating reels, which is you know, leaps and bounds about of, of ahead of most people who won't do it. And in fact, one of your reels has over a hundred thousand views, a hundred and thousand, a hundred and forty-four thousand views at this time. So this is everything that you're doing is great for getting your name and your content out in front of new people. It's the visibility factor. So how do you encourage people to have a relationship with you? Well, that's in the DMs. And the easiest way to get someone who's maybe a new follower or they're just coming across your content, the easiest way is through your stories. Showing up in your stories, I like to follow a system in my stories where the first story is setup or context, like let them know what I'm talking about, let them know why they should care, then go ahead and share what I need to share and then end it with a call to action. This is key. End your story sequence, however many stories it takes you, end that sequence with a call to action and the simplest CTA you can ask your viewer to do is to reply to your story. Have them reply to your story. Maybe you ask them a question, you ask their opinion, have them reply to your story and then guess what? That creates private DM thread between the two of you, right? And now you can get to know them. It's not about, oh, hey, you replied my story. Are you interested in my free thing? It's it's not about like jumping to the pitch right away. It's like, hey, I check out your profile. I saw you're into this. Cool. Nice to meet you. It's just about establishing that relationship. And it's really about the long game. If you make someone feel special, especially in those first few interactions, they're going to continue to follow you, watch you. Mm. And hey, when you put out something that kind of piques their curiosity, they're probably going to message you and ask you a question. And this is where sales happen. This is where sales get closed. So that's one way to generate DMs is encouraging your people to reply to your stories. Honestly, just that one framework and structure. And if anyone, you know, for those of you who are listening, like you've got to rewind that and write that structure down because that was insane. I literally wrote it down. The, I love that of the context, like the why is this important? And then mm-hmm. what, you know, what are we talking about? Like share the tip and then call to action into the DMs. And so that's so good. And really what I'm getting is that, you know, even if you're under a thousand followers, like you can still do really well from Instagram. You don't have to have a massive following. Agreed. And honestly, when you're at below a thousand followers, your engagement is usually the highest. Yeah. If you have a thousand followers, you can expect like 30 to 50% engagement, meaning 30 to 50% of your followers are going to see your content. The, the weird thing about Instagram, and this happened to me when I grew to 30,000 and then 60,000, as I grew, my engagement dropped. The mm. number of people who were, who were seeing my stories and my content, it went down. And that's because of the algorithm. It just, it just happens as you grow. So I would love for your listeners to, to really take to heart that, you know, 10,000 followers, 100,000 followers, it's really a vanity metric. For you, you have the swipe up, which is useful. I do recommend the swipe up for anyone who has a lot of different links to share, like yourself. You have podcast links, you know, people who make YouTube videos or, or um, blogs, they'll, they'll find that feature handy, but it's not necessary to make mm. sales on Instagram. 100% I agree with that. Yeah. Sorry. Keep going. Yeah. No. So just going back to having a thousand followers or less, don't 
see yourself as being less than on the platform or like you're going to be taken less seriously, followers does not equate to authority in your space. You can show up with really good content and honestly, just be really good at the DMs. Like don't ignore them, respond to people, check your DMs every day. And that's where you're going to see the sales coming from. It it can be that simple. Yeah. And uh, we've experienced that as well. Like DMs, are so powerful. It's literally like doing a one-on-one sales conversation with someone. Oh, I can think of a pretty well-known coach in the space right now who has created a sales funnel experience for her customers, for her applicants, and it doesn't even involve sales calls. You know, they they have a whole system where people will go through the sales page, submit an application form. If they're approved after the application form, they're sent a video. The video is basically an introduction to the program. And guess what? She has a team, team of customer support people who get their Instagram information on the application form and follow up in the DMs. That's where they're closing sales (laughs) and very successfully at it too. So DMs are so powerful when I think about like literally this morning, I started listening to a new podcast and this guy runs, I'm pretty sure he runs a hundred million dollar business, right? I sent him a DM this morning just to thank him mm-hmm. and he DM me straight back. And I'm like, wow. this is crazy. Like the level of access you can get in the DMs. But I think about it from an audience perspective, what I'm hearing from you say is that the intimacy that you can get in a DM is just as powerful as, you know, any other conversation that someone can have and even more powerful. Absolutely. And the, the funny part is, is just the same way you felt when you DM'd this person yeah. with a $100 million business. Guess what? Majority of your customers or your followers who are DMing you, they might be feeling that same way when you reply. They might be, they might be like, oh my gosh, Colin knows who I am. Colin replied. <laughs> Like we can't lose sight of that, that they see you, they're listening to you, they're watching you online. And then to have that one-on-one personal connection, it is, it is quite something else. And that's why it's so powerful. Yeah. It's really special. And, and uh, I know, I know for, you know, me, I, I'm always in my DMs and DMing and replying yeah. and stuff like that. So uh, oh, I love that. I love that. You DMed What's... me for this. Right? I did, didn't we? That's how we <laughs> yeah. connected. Like I was that like, was the I initial. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so powerful. What's working on Instagram right now? Hands down reels. That's why I'm looking at your reels page right now. Um, I'm seeing what kind of content you're putting out there. Video marketing, short form video marketing. And, you know, I know a lot of people will write this off and be like, oh, I don't want to be on camera. But guess what? All social media platforms are moving towards video. It's mm. such an amazing way to connect with your audience, especially if you're a coach. If you're a coach, don't you think that they're going to want to get a sense of what you're like as a coach? And the easiest, fastest way to give people a sense of what you're like as a coach is to show up on camera, speak to them, show your eyes. Like these are all signs psychologically that we need to trust people. So if you're afraid of TikTok or Reels, these short form videos, as I call them, start out on Instagram stories, jump on your stories, just introduce yourself, right? Like you can say something like, Hey there, I wanted to introduce myself. I'm the founder of XYZ or my name is XYZ and I help and then state who you help and how. If you have any questions about this or what I offer, don't be shy to send me a DM. Start with something like that. Like just start exercising your video muscles and then 
Just like you recorded that 15 second Instagram story, it can be the same thing for reels, except right now, Instagram is pushing out reels like never before. You can expect to see five to 10 X the engagement on your reels than you would on any other piece of content. So if you're looking at Instagram feeling like, oh, there's so much IGTV, quote cards, stories, highlights. Okay. Forget about it all and just create Instagram reels. Like you can throw out your whole strategy and just create Instagram reels. I have a student who's coming to mind and she joined one of my programs called videos vault in the summer last August. And it encouraged her to start a TikTok account. She's a career coach. And one of her videos went to 40,000 views pretty quickly, like within a week of opening her account. And so I was like, great, that's awesome. Can I share your results? Cool. Six months later, guess what? Sade has over 700,000 followers on TikTok. She absolutely blew up and she's repurposing some of her TikToks or remaking them for Instagram. And she's already gotten over 100,000 followers on Instagram. For context, she did all of that in six months. It's taken me seven years. So <laughs> that's why it's just, oh, it's too good. It's too good of an opportunity to pass up right now. Yeah. Oh, I love it when your students get faster results than you. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I know. I just hope that they'll stay friends with me. Like, uh, totally. can you it's tell like, me what's working? Can yeah. we still be friends? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, so good. So good. Uh, okay. So reels. Reels is where it's at. How do you get inspiration for reels? That is the tough part. Honestly, getting started with reels is challenging because when you swipe through your feed and you look at what's being shown to you, I get sucked into this where it's like, okay, I got to find a good piece of music. I got to time myself to it. I got to have text on screen. It's got to all make sense. You can go to that extent. And sometimes when the idea comes to you, it's really fun to create and it, it hits with your audience. But honestly, the easiest way, and this is exactly how Sade, the career coach grew, was she simply talked on camera. She mm. does not dance. She doesn't worry about music. Uh, she has invested in her audio and her video equipment. So I do think that she sometimes uses a professional camera to film and then she'll bring the edited version onto her phone and she'll actually add text within the Instagram or TikTok app. Yep. So that way it still looks native to the platform. But she simply will do, actually I shouldn't say simply because I'm sure there's a lot of work involved, but it's as simple as talking on camera, showing up, you know, make sure you have a hook in that first sentence. Mm. For example, I know she has a video on imposter syndrome. It would be like, what to do if you suffer from imposter syndrome? That's her first sentence. I'm hooked in right away. Yeah. And then she'll go through actionable tips. She goes deep into the psychology of why it even exists. And I don't even know if she gives a call to action. I think she just gives pure value. Mm. So that is the best way to start. I know coaches have shared tips and value before, whether in a blog post, a YouTube video, you can even look through one of your old Instagram captions where you shared three to five tips about something. Use that same content. Just go ahead and record it on camera. 15 to 30 seconds is what you have for a reel currently. Talk on camera, share those same tips, add text so that people can read along as you're talking and that's how you get ideas for reels. I love how simple you're making it. Uh, that's really great. And that's yeah, my whole MO. <laughs> With social media, I'm now starting to tell people, it's like, I want social media to feel bearable and efficient. That's like my goal now. 
Oh, that's that's amazing. So I'm really enjoying this conversation, by the way. So thank you. Awesome. <laughs> Even for me. <laughs> Glad. Glad to hear. Uh, how do you see Instagram as part of the buyer cycle? In terms of someone's customer journey? Yeah. Like let's say, you know, we have a lot of our a lot of our clients and listeners, you know, they might sell a thousand dollar product or a maybe a two thousand dollar product or a five thousand dollar coaching program or a ten thousand dollar group coaching program. Like Obviously, there's a variety, but in terms of the customer journey, like how do you see Instagram as, as like, I guess, helping to make the big purchases or sell bigger price programs? Mm-hmm. Well, Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, as we know, the features that have come out for Instagram in the last two years, it tells me that it's the darling child of Facebook. Mm. We as business owners have gotten so many great features over the last two years, especially that have helped us close more sales. So I would argue that Instagram as a platform could be the one place for that entire customer journey, that entire experience, right? Your your bio, your profile, it's that first impression. Your content is what gets spread out to people who don't know who you are, right? It's the honey. It attracts them over to your profile. When they read your profile, they can see in a few words, whether you're for them or not. And if you've written your bio and your profile in a strategic way, you should be attracting your target person and repelling people who you're not for, right? So there's the content which attracts them. They make it over to your profile. Then let's say you're launching or you're filling your calendar with discovery calls. You can use so many of the tools within Instagram to do that. First is your content. I find that coaches shy away from talking about their offers through posts in their feed because they live there permanently. But your audience does need to be reminded of what you offer. You can't just have a feed full of free information, right? You have to let your audience know how you can actually help them, what the program is, student results, testimonials, all that great stuff. So you can build that content out, whether it's an image post, a reel, even an IGTV, just make sure that the call to action for all of these types of content leads them to the next best place in your customer journey. So for some coaches that is, hey, click the link in my bio and book a free call with me. Other coaches, someone like Becky, it's to DM them right? Because they actually want to warm that person up before they get on a call. So use all the content features to attract the right people, you know, continue to give call to actions to filter them to your DMs or my favorite reply to the story, which creates a DM thread. Then within the DMs, the reason why it's so magical is because you're not limited in the DMs. You can send an unlimited amount of links, right? If you got five offers for sale, you could send them five links. You can send them a video message. You can send them a voice note. You can send them your call booking link, like whatever it is. You can even offer customer support through the DMs. I know some people do that with their paid customers, but there's there's just very few limits there. And that's where the sales are closed. So I hope that makes sense in terms of the whole customer journey and what features of Instagram you use at what part of the journey. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. And that is so true. I didn't even realize how much you have access to in the DMs from videos to audio to texting to links. Like mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of platforms that block links and things like that where Instagram are just like, you can do whatever you want in there. Mm-hmm. So exactly. That's, that's really powerful. Um, I found sending um, like what actually, what are you, what's your thoughts on 
on sending voice texts and like, you know how, like, if, you know, if there was a scale from avoiding to talk to someone to all the way being way too keen and being creepy, mm-hmm. uh, what's the, what's the, the journey based on DMs that you would recommend talking to someone with? Yeah. <laughs> like, is, you know, you know, you know what I mean? I right? know what you mean. Fair question. Because when voice notes came out, it was really handy and it felt so personal. Like imagine getting a voice note from Amy Porterfield. I did one day and she invited me to her podcast and it was like, OMG, this is Amy's voice in my phone right now. So super personal. I I personally feel like when I see a DM request, meaning we haven't had an established conversation and I need to accept their request. If I just see a line of voice my assumption these days is that they are pitching me. Mm-hmm. So be careful, depending on your industry, just, just get a get a sense of where your customers and your audience are at. But if I just see a voice text, it's generally you know a pitch. That's my assumption. The other thing is about voice texts, and I used to send them, sorry, voice notes is their name. I used to send them more often, but I will sometimes, but what ends up happening is if I'm feeling like I can't type or text and I send a voice note. Usually what happens is the person will respond with a voice note, which is fine. But I also find that it just actually takes me longer Mm. to have a quiet place to sit down and listen to them and synthesize what information they're saying or what they're asking me. So I have found that over the last six to 12 months, I have pulled back on using voice notes because it's not my favorite way to quickly read, receive, or give information, it takes a bit more time, right? I have to be in the right place, the setting, I have to sit down. And to be honest, I'm just not an audio-based learner. I'm a visual person. So I tend to text or write, and then that usually sets the tone that they'll text back or respond back. So that's just me. Um, I would I would try it out with your audience and see what they think. But um, I'm using it less and less and more so taking a bit more time to write out my response. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I, yeah, I love that idea of just starting with the text and then you could slowly move towards maybe audio or video. It's definitely weird getting a video from someone mm-hmm. when you don't know them and they're... <laughs> It's just a bit like, oh, yeah. okay, that's you. I know. And again, I assume it's a pitch if it's a video, if we haven't had that established connection. And the other thing is, I don't know if you've ever received like six lines of voice notes oh, in a row. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not listening it, to that. That's exactly. six minutes. I don't have exactly. six minutes. <laughs> it looks daunting. And, you know, it's almost like answering your your voicemail or listening to the messages on your, on your voicemail where you're like, oh, like you really have to be in the right mindset. And to be honest, sometimes I see it and I'm like, oh, I'll get to that later. And then I forget. So for me, my attention is caught when there's written words. That's the best way. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. So what do you feel like people make mistakes around on Instagram at the moment? Like what are the kind of the big ones that you see people making? So I usually recommend to my audience and students is speak to one particular person through your profile. So a lot of times, and I do find coaches do this as well, is they haven't quite nailed down their niche or they're afraid to be specific to one type of person. Mm. So they keep their bio and their profile quite broad. What happens when you do that is, I know you don't want to turn away business, right? Instead of helping like busy moms, you say, I help women. Well, 
you're talking to half the planet and truthfully, you're not really letting your specific target person know that you're for them. So you're losing business that way. I I've seen this time and time again, that people, when it comes to reading your Instagram profile and bio, they're going to remember you for one thing. And this is not the space to confuse people. So really choose and own that one thing. For example, I used to, in my bio, I used to talk about being a digital nomad, being an agency owner, um, you know, growing Instagram accounts. I was like trying to all be a the lot things. of things. All you the things. To, yeah. Exactly. Because we're all multifaceted, right? And then I started going to business conferences in 2018. And I noticed that my friends would introduce me to their friends and say, this is Elise. She's an Instagram queen. And I was thinking in the back of my mind, hmm, I don't call myself that. I never would. <laughs> and also, what, what, what the heck? I have an agency. I do this. I do that. And then I realized this is just my ego because it doesn't matter how I view myself. My audience, like they're my target audience. They remember me for this one thing, Instagram marketing. So guess what? In 2018, I went all in. I dropped all the other messaging. I went all in on Instagram marketing and business change drastically. Like there is power in being known for one thing. And I also like to tell my audience and my students, just because people come to you for one thing doesn't mean that over time you can't educate them about all the other things you do, about all the offers that you do. And so this is probably the second mistake is, you know, in an Instagram profile or in an Instagram experience, people want to let their audience know about all their offers, right? Free content, freebies, um, paid product, course, mastermind. I, I think it's fine to, to mention them, but instead I actually prefer to stick to repeatedly talking about the next best step for your audience to take after being an Instagram follower. So is it to get on a call with you? Is it to buy your $30 product? What's the next best step in the customer journey versus giving them all the options? I think that confuses people. So just you know, put out that content, attract the right people and be very clear and consistent about what the next step is. Once they take that next step, then they can learn about all your other offers. But I just, I wouldn't give it to them all at once. Right. So the mistake is people are too broad. They want to present themselves as a very unique, complex snowflake uh, <laughs> on their Instagram profile instead of going, this is one thing that I do that I can help you with. And then starting from there and, and having that clarity. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I coach people on this, especially about their profile. It's, it's not easy, but you do have to really sit with the messaging, sit with how mm. you talk about yourself in your bio. You only have 150 characters and your bio is your first impression when someone lands on your profile and they're checking you out and deciding if you're for them. So talk to your clients who you've already worked with, talk to your current customers, ask them questions about what they know about you. What's the first thing that comes to mind when they think about you? How would they talk about you if they were to refer you to a friend? Why did they choose you over other coaches? I love this question because this is what I recommend to put in the second line of your bio. The first line is who you help and how. So you're, you're basically calling out your audience and telling them how you can help fix one of their problems. The second line, tell them. Why should they choose you over anyone else in your industry? It could be your years of experience, any awards you've received. I see people sharing press mentions. It could be number of people you've worked with. It could be number of dollars you've helped people earn. It could be your personality. It could be an interest of yours that people remember you for. So 
This is why you want to talk to your current customers and say, why did you choose me over anyone else? It could be, it could be your achievements or it could be something as well. I like the fact that you're a big, I don't know, super Mario fan, just like me, (laughs) you know? So choose the thing that really resonates with your audience the most. Beautiful. That's a fantastic tip. So we've covered a ton here today, Elise, and you've been incredibly generous. Is there anything else that's on your mind that you're like, oh, I'd love to share this with the audience. I think this would be really helpful. Ooh, good question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's been on my mind? Because you're a master at this area and I just know that. There's, there's, there's so much, I always, whenever I'm getting interviewed, I'm like, there's so much I could say. And I'm like, what, what have we missed is essentially what I'm asking. Oh, I know. And now the pressure is on to be a master, but, um, you are no, what, well, what is top of mind these days is a timely experience and, you know, it's going to die down, but it's been interesting recently. I, I publicly called out a company for taking one of my products, changing maybe 10% of it and reselling it as their own. And I know this is something that course creators experience, coaches even experience as well, where they have students learning their methodology and then going off and starting their own very similar coaching program. So it's brought up this whole thing about uh, I don't know, protecting your method and copyright and all this great stuff. So what actually, where my point is about all of this is I have never experienced my Instagram community rallying around me about this topic ever before. Hmm. Like I knew there was a hundred thousand people, but it was, you know, you know, a couple comments here and there, a couple DMs, there's nothing crazy, but coming out publicly about this being vulnerable and really not being sure what the reaction would be like, it rallied my audience and my community around me like never before. It was really, really eye-opening. And it reminds me of a Russell Brunson teaching, which is you need to stand for something as a, as a personal brand, as a business, and you also need to know what you don't stand for because then your audience is very clear on whether they agree with you. So I stand for, you know, easy uh, how-to lessons, no fluff to the point. I don't stand for plagiarism and copying and doing things in unethical ways. There's something really powerful to knowing what you stand for and publicly vocalizing what you don't stand for. That has shown me recently, that's how you create intense brand loyalty, like never before, never experienced it before. Oh, that principle is so powerful. And and I think everyone listening here, that's so good to think about what don't you stand for? What do you stand for? And and whether it's, yeah, a belief, a philosophy, a, a industry norm, yeah. um, and like calling that out. And it sounds like, and there was a level of vulnerability in what you brought. And obviously that's not going to happen to everyone, but it's like, it's not about the specific situation. It's about this principle of like stand up for something one way or the other, and you'll build a community. Is that what I'm hearing? I think so. I think you said it better than me, but <laughs> yeah, it, it almost turns almost like a lukewarm community or, or people yeah. where you're, you're not just sure. You're not sure how deep your relationship goes, but when you stand for something and they're with you, that relationship deepens a whole lot more. Oh, so good. Now, Elise, uh, I would love to know how people obviously can connect with you on Instagram at Elise. Is that, is that Elise Dharma, isn't it? I mean, I follow you, yeah. but I'm just clarifying. <laughs> exactly. Dharma, no H, just D-A-R-M-A. Great, Elise Dharma. And I know that you've got a really cool free gift 
for our audience around captions. Can you tell them where they can grab that? Yeah. The URL is elisedharma.co slash captions. And that is where I give you a taste of my caption templates. Uh, You get 12 free caption templates and they are divided by what you offer in your business, whether that is coaching services or products. And the cool thing about these captions is they're also categorized by what your business might need the most right now, whether it's visibility, engagement from your audience, lead generation, or sales. So that's for free. You can check it out at leastarma.co slash captions and you can grab that download you're a .co just like me i love .co's <laughs> i actually have both but um long story short my .com is my wordpress website and then my .co is where i build all my pages out using the separate software oh nice nice mm-hmm. very good very good well at least this has been incredibly powerful and i'm sure the future holds amazing things for you and uh it's been such a blessing for our audience so thank you so much for sharing absolutely colin thank you for having me why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.